Hey, Keystoners, welcome to the very first KSOM mini stone. I've come across some cases in my research that don't have enough reporting or enough information out there to do a whole episode on. So I decided to make a few mini stones to cover these cases that are just shorter stories. And this is one of them. Because it's a mini stone, I'm going to forego any announcements or shout outs, except to say that this story was recommended to me by two different keystoners, Elizabeth and Rebecca. And of course, we have to get into a keystone state of mind. As always, I'll be enjoying an ice cold can of Keystone Light while I tell you today's story. In the early morning hours of August 13th, 1969, a young couple was ending their date night on a lover's lane in Ruscombe Manor Township, Pennsylvania. 18-year-old Marilyn Sheckler and her 20-year-old boyfriend, Glenn Eckert, were parked along Skyline Drive, overlooking Reading, PA, when they had the terrible misfortune to cross paths with four members of a motorcycle gang. These four men were out that night, specifically looking for a woman to victimize. When they saw Marilyn sitting in the car with Glenn, they found their target. And Glenn was no match for these four armed gangsters. The couple was kidnapped, tortured, and murdered. Their bodies would be found two months later in the abandoned Dreamland Park. Dreamland Park was a very small amusement park in Ruska Manor Township. It opened in 1939 and was owned by brothers Alton and Ralph Kreitz. The park held a band theater, a roller rink, a few rides, some picnic groves, and a midget race car track, which I'm thinking is probably like a go-kart track or something. For being as small as it was, the park was very lucrative. And that was really because of all the illegal gambling that went on there. Ralph Kreitz was known to offer illegal gambling at many establishments, including Dreamland Park. The park only stayed open for about 17 years. And in 1956, it was closed and confiscated for unpaid taxes. Ralph Kreitz was also arrested for tax evasion and his illegal gambling operations. After the park closed, the property was purchased by the family of James Ewes. Ewes, I think. E-W-A-Y-S. Ewes, something like that. James Ewes was a member of the Pagan Motorcycle Club. I had never heard of the Pagan Motorcycle Club, but apparently it's a big deal, and they are big rivals of the Hells Angels. They've been around since the 40s and have members all over the East Coast of the United States and even in some Caribbean countries. The abandoned park became like a clubhouse for the pagans. 
They would hang out and party and squat in these abandoned buildings. And that was like the headquarters for the pagans in that area. So on the night of August 12th into the morning hours of August 13th, four of these pagans were partying. Leroy Stoltzfus, Harlan Bailey, Robert Martinelik, and James Eways decided they wanted to find a woman to rape. Their express intended purpose for prowling that night was to look for a woman to rape. And that was in the fucking court records. That's exactly what they were doing. Scumbags. That's when they came across Marilyn Sheckler and Glenn Eckert. While Glenn and Marilyn were parked on Skyline Drive, probably making out, the four gang members in a large box truck accosted them. Stoltzfus, Bailey, and Martinelik forced their way into Eckerd's car. At gunpoint, they ordered him to drive to nearby Leesport, Pennsylvania, about 12 miles away. James Eways followed behind in the box truck. They parked at the Leesport train station where Glenn Eckert's car was abandoned. Glenn and Marilyn were forced into the truck. For nearly an hour, the gang drove around holding Glenn and Marilyn captive. During this time, Marilyn was raped and beaten by all four members of the gang, while Glenn had no choice but to just sit and watch. At about 2 a.m., the box truck pulled up to the Dreamland Park Pagan Clubhouse. But there were two police cars there. Those police were there investigating a fight that had occurred earlier that night. So Eways and his cohorts had to turn around. Just a short distance away, Leroy Stolfus, Harlan Bailey, and Robert Martinelik exited the truck, leading their victims into the deep woods of the Dreamland Park property. James Eways took off in the box truck, and Harlan Bailey started walking back to the clubhouse. Marilyn and Glenn were then left with Leroy Stolzfus and Robert Martinelik. Martinelik shot Glenn Eckerd in the head, killing him instantly. Stolzfus attempted to strangle Marilyn Sheckler, but he was unsuccessful. He then beat her over the head with a rock until she died. The bodies were hastily covered with rocks and debris, and the last of the gang headed back to the clubhouse. I can only imagine the horrors that were awaiting Glenn Ecker and Marilyn Sheckler at that clubhouse. If those cops hadn't have been there, God knows what torture they would have endured and for how long. It sounds like these pagans, at least these specific group of pagans, were murderous psychopaths. And I'm sure any of the other gang members would have been on board with rape and torture. I was not able to find 
any information on the lives of Marilyn and Glenn. I don't know about their parents or their families or who was looking for them. I saw no reporting about a missing persons investigation or anything like that. I do know that Glenn Eckert's car was located at the Leesport train station on August 19th, 1969. The next reporting is about the discovery of the bodies in the woods of Dreamland Park. According to an article on GoReadingBurks.com, it was the police who found the bodies. So apparently there had been an investigation going on. I just couldn't find any information about it. It wasn't until October 23rd, just over two months after the murders, that the bodies of Glenn Ecker and Marilyn Sheckler were found. The four gang members were quickly arrested. Harlan Bailey and James Eways turned state's evidence. In return for their testimony, they would not be charged with first-degree murder. However, they would be charged with the rape of Marilyn Sheckler. However, those charges would be thrown out due to lack of evidence. Harlan Bailey and James Eways did testify in the trials of the other two gang members, but they were never convicted of a crime in this incident. Absolutely disgusting. These two lunatics, definite rapists, walked. The trials of Martinelik and Stoltzfus were held in 1970. They had separate trials and each for only one count of first-degree murder. Martinelik for Glenn Eckert's murder and Stoltzfus for Marilyn Sheckler's murder. They were both found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. They spent their entire time in prison protesting their innocence and attempting to appeal their cases. And those appeals were never successful. Leroy Stoltzfus died in 2010 at Kanama Memorial Medical Center in Johnstown. He was still under the authority of the Pennsylvania prison system. Do you guys remember Johnstown, Kanama? I'll never forget the word Kanama after how many times I had to say it in the Johnstown Flood episode. Every fucking thing around there is named Kanama. At the time of the publishing of this article on GoReadingBurks.com, which I think was May of 2020, Robert Martinelik was still alive and serving his life sentence at the State Correctional Institution Laurel Highlands in Somerset, Pennsylvania. As far as I can tell, Harlan Bailey kept his nose clean and didn't get in any more trouble for the rest of his life, or at least that I could find. And I tend to think that the pagan motorcycle gang probably booted his ass after he turned state's evidence. Like, mm, snitches get stitches, bitch. But this would not be the last interaction with police that James Eways would have. After the murders, when he walked away scot-free, James Eways became a big-time businessman in Reading, Pennsylvania. He became very wealthy. I don't know if he continued his association with the pagans, but he was involved in another killing. 
Eways had become the president of Mast Engineering Incorporated, located in Reading. He was making a fortune, and he bought an old chapel that was built in 1890. This chapel sat on the grounds of the old abandoned Grandview Sanatorium. He had the chapel converted into a home where he lived. But the grounds of this old sanatorium was a place where teenagers would go to like ghost hunt and, you know, fuck around, try to find spirits. I'm actually not sure if the actual building of the sanatorium still stood, but at least the grounds were, according to local legend, haunted. So in the 90s, teenagers were all the time bugging the shit out of James Eways. In the early morning hours of June 15, 1996, five teenagers were driving up and down the street outside UA's home, shouting threats and obscenities. They were shining flashlights into his windows. On the fourth trip past the house, Eways was ready for them. He was standing outside of his home between two pillars holding a 357 Magnum. He aimed and fired at the car twice. One of those shots hit one of the teenagers in the head. 17-year-old Michael Abate III was rushed to the hospital where he died about 20 hours later. Eways was arrested and charged with first and third degree murder, voluntary manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, aggravated assault, simple assault, and recklessly endangering another person. Eway's attorney argued that this was an accidental shooting after these teens had been harassing James Eways. The surviving teens did admit to drinking and smoking pot and being general pests to James Eways in the middle of the night. Doesn't mean he should shoot at them, probably. The trial was moved to Erie County because of the extensive publicity of the case and because people in Berks County still associated James Eways with the Dreamland murders. After seven hours of deliberation, the jury acquitted Eways of first and third degree murder, of voluntary manslaughter and aggravated assault. He was convicted of involuntary manslaughter and five counts of recklessly endangering another person. He was ordered to state prison for two to five years, followed by 10 years of probation. Eways was allowed to stay out of prison pending his appeals on a $300,000 bail. After all of his appeals were exhausted, Eways went to prison on September 3rd, 1998. He served the entire five years and was released in September of 2003. He did go on to serve his 10 years of probation as well. So this motherfucker was involved in a double homicide, including rape and torture. He then killed a fucking 17-year-old kid. And all he got for all of that was five years in prison and 10 years on probation. Go fuck yourself. There was a book written about the Dreamland Park murders. If I had been able to access that book, I'm sure this would have been a full-length episode. 
but this book is not available to purchase almost anywhere. There's like two used paperback copies on Amazon for hundreds of dollars. It was written by a woman named Doris Dorwart, who was a college professor at Mansfield University in Pennsylvania. It's called the Dreamland Park Murders, aptly. But good luck finding it for less than half a paycheck. I'm not buying it for that amount of money. No, thank you. Dreamland Park is still a destination for ghost hunty people, but there are no trespassing signs posted all over it. It's all overgrown and you can barely even see the remnants of the amusement park. It's definitely not on my list of places to visit. I hope you guys liked the very first KSOM mini stone. It's a little bit shorter, not as much information, but it was still fun for me. There will be some more mini stones coming out. I have at least four more that I want to do. I don't know how often I'm going to be releasing them. We'll see. I just do this shit on a whim. You know me. But I'll be back soon with another cool story. And in the meantime, stay keystone, my friends. <laughs>